0: Thanks for stopping by today. My name is Jeremy Griffin, the Ministry and Operations Director here at Redux Church. If you're looking for a local church to become a part of in your area and just haven't found the place you feel God is leading you to, consider reaching out to us here at Redux. We know lots of great places and would love to assist you in finding the place God has for you. On the other hand, you may be here right now because you've become a bit disenchanted with church. And if that's the case, maybe Redux is the place for you. We are a real church in a virtual world. While we don't meet every week in the traditional sense, we do have a community online where you can chat, ask questions, and connect with others like yourself. We do, on occasion, meet in person for small group discussions and special worship and prayer events, but new Redux discussions are available every Friday morning online. In any case, we are glad you're here now. And if we can do anything to serve you, please let us know. You can contact us anytime online at redux.church. God bless.
1: You're listening to the Stream Grace Network.
0: Well, hello there and welcome back. We are geared up for John chapter 20. And today we've uh, added Casey to the ranks of those victims who have to sit behind the camera (laughs) Or in front of it, I should say. Casey, how are you? Good, I'm good. good. Your wife Alyssa was on a few chapters ago.
2: Yeah, she and looks much better on the screen than I
0: do. Uh well, that's true. But that's okay. You know, you do what you do. Did you uh <laughs> you watched it, I assume, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. And then uh, and then we've got Wayne uh, back again. I think you're on the last couple chapters. I think, last few. I think so. Wayne's a mainstay. He's a go to. Appreciate you like being it. here. I like it. Um, so a couple things, a little, little bit of housekeeping I want to talk about, um, and, and we can, this can be conversational. Uh, but first thing is, if you haven't already done it, spend some time in worship today. As I say all the time, it's the only thing you really have to give uh, to God. So take time and don't rob him of that. Um, you can go online uh, to Redux uh, Church, and we've got some worship songs there. Or you can just go to Spotify, YouTube, Apple Music, whatever. Yeah. Play your favorite stuff. Uh, but secondly, I was thinking about this, Wayne, and and it's it's funny because th- this format, what we do here, is very conversational. Uh, nobody on the other side of this camera knows this, but all of you guys know. We we just started, right? We didn't have any kind of pre conversation mm-hmm. at all. <laughs> uh, it was a text to make sure you guys could do this, and it was the chapters, and that's all you got. Chapters yeah. twenty and twenty one. We're going to talk through. And so what I find interesting about this is there are things, one of the things I love about this format and and about Redux Church in general is the idea that we can have different thoughts and ideas and and talk about things that are sometimes controversial, um, but we don't lose the core pieces, right? And, and for example, we're getting ready to talk about the resurrection of Jesus. uh, Pretty foundational to our faith. But there are things that I have said... Um, over this entire book of John. There's things I've said before we ever started Redux Church <laughs> that, that people um, have issue with, with me. I'm sure the same happens with you guys because it's about our faith, right? Me? Well, it doesn't have okay. probably with with Um But we it is a faith that we have, right? And I say this all the time that I, I believe totally different 20 years ago than I do today. And when I say totally different, I've always, from the day that I accepted Jesus's my lord, my savior that 's not changed, but my understanding of my relationship with him, his expectations of me, has been dynamic yes. and um, and it 's still dynamic twenty years from now i 'll look back at some of these recordings uh, in whatever format we we consume content twenty years from now, and i 'll think to myself man i can 't believe I said that and so I want to encourage all of you guys who are listening to this to, to understand and and apply a little bit of grace to the process that the goal of our conversation here is to spark thought in you to for yeah. you to think about something you've not thought about before for you to weigh what we say because i guarantee you casey is going to be a heretic in these next four chapters maybe well i shouldn't say i guarantee pretty close I'm hey sure. you got to ask to go speak at a church <laughs> up in kansas that's it's more you know than a lot of people so you know, yes. you'll probably be fine on the heretic side. But here's the other thing. Heresy <laughs> is based on your your belief system. In other mm. words, you know, there are people that watch this that have a Baptist background, that, that have a charismatic background, that have a Methodist background. And at some level, there's a belief system with all those different things that the other would find heretical. Yeah. And so, again, I just want to encourage you to, to not have an open mind from the standpoint, we're not here, sitting here trying to get you to believe something that we believe. We're sharing with you what we believe so that you can weigh it and determine whether or not there's some area for growth for you. And and yeah. so anyway, I just was thinking about that today because, um, you know, we don't talk about that. We just dive yeah. in. <laughs> it's good. Yeah. So anyway, uh, we are in John chapter 20. And, uh, you know, as I like to always say, this is one of my favorite passages. <laughs> <laughs> Because each one is better than the last. So anyway, you guys ready for this? All right, let's let's do do it. Early on Sunday morning, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. She ran and found Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved. She said, they have taken the Lord's body out of the tomb and we don't know where they have put him. Peter and the other disciple started out for the tomb. They were both running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He stooped and looked in and saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he didn't go in. Then Simon Peter arrived and went inside. He also noticed the linen wrappings lying there. While the cloth that had covered Jesus' head was folded up and lying apart from the other wrappings, then the disciples who had reached the tomb first also went in. And he saw and believed. For until then, they still hadn't understood the scriptures that said Jesus must rise from the dead. Then they went home. Mary was standing outside the tomb crying, and as she wept, she stooped and looked in. She saw two white-robed angels, one sitting at the head and the other at the foot of the place where the body of Jesus had been lying. Dear woman, why are you crying? The angels asked her. Because they had taken away my Lord, she replied. And I don't know where they've put him. She turned to leave and saw someone standing there. It was Jesus. She didn't recognize him. Dear woman, why are you crying? Jesus asked her. Who are you looking for? She thought he was the gardener. Sir, she said, if you have taken him away, tell me where you have put him and I will go and get him. Mary, Jesus said. She turned to him and cried out, Rabboni, which is Hebrew for teacher. Don't cling to me, Jesus said, for I haven't yet ascended to the Father. But go find my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene found the disciples and told them, I've seen the Lord. Then she gave him this message. All right. Resurrection of Jesus. What sticks out to you, Wayne? Wayne.
1: I think the scripture that was at the end of this passage that, uh, Mary didn't recognize Jesus, mm-hmm. uh, in the midst of her disappointment, in the midst of her not knowing what to do. Uh, she represented the normal church society very well. And that, uh, we failed to find Jesus in the midst of our bewilderment of life.
0: Yeah. What do you think it says about, it's it's, it's interesting to me because along those same lines, um, I I can't help but wonder because at this point he's in a glorified body. He is, um, so obviously he doesn't look recognizable to her, right? And so it makes you wonder if this is one of those moments where his glorified body, I mean, you're talking about like a spirit man part of this, right? Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And that she's looking with, with her carnal eyes and not. Spiritually, because there is a revelation that comes up, right? When he says some things, mm. it's like her, it bears witness with her, and she realizes him. Is that kind of how you see it? So, yeah,
1: and it's it's a real, it's a fascinating passage because we know that that even in that resurrection state, he, the the holes in his hands were recognizable,
0: right? Sure.
1: Uh, you know, we we see all the 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 movie. Stuff that helps us understand now uh, how beaten, how disfigured he was. Uh, so how would she not have recognized any of that? But then I go back to if she is in disappointment, her head is probably down. Now I'm yeah. reading into the passage, mm-hmm. but but she is in this state, and so she's she she sees probably, you know, like his robe or whatever he's wearing maybe, but, but not, uh, not his face. And, uh, you know, that to me, that speaks, uh, we need to seek his face. Mm -hmm. Um, people who are beaten down, look down. People who are in disappointment, depression, look down. And, uh, our answer is always when we look up.
2: Mm. I think that speaks to something pretty incredible to me like i think about it like she was so caught up in her emotion she didn't have any idea what was going on around her Mm. you know Mm -hmm. and and i think we can do that on a spiritual level like even at church like when we're on our knees like up front praying or whatever we can get so emotionally caught up in the moment of god touching us that we're not even aware of you know the God around us, or or what God's speaking to us, because mm-hmm. we're just like, oh my God, He touched me, mm-hmm. like <laughs> like a superhero kind of thing, like oh my gosh. But then also like the logic of it, you know, they cleaned him up and everything. You know, well, they would wash his body and all that, and then wrap him all up, and he was mangled. I mean, he was probably unrecognizable. But you know, are we is she seeing the spirit Jesus, or is she seeing the dead body <laughs> walking around Jesus, or? I mean, is there any I don't know if there's any real theological
0: Well outside of whatever the wounds that. like you were saying before, I mean obviously there's gotta be something there that to mm-hmm. recognize the hole in his side and his hands and stuff, feet. Yeah. But yeah, I mean you'd think. Right. I
2: mean, he was pretty tore up. But then also like what you, you said, Wayne is uh she had her head down. She was emotional. She wasn't looking for him. She was looking for him to be gone. <laughs> mm-hmm. She wasn't looking for him to be there. So she wasn't truly looking for Jesus, she was looking for an answer of why he was gone. Well,
0: and I I kind of want to explore too, Wayne, what you're saying about, well, both of you are saying this about, you know, just kind of missing. It's like missing the bigger picture, and I, and I, you know, I, we did a worship night not long ago, and I talked about this, that, um, you know, worship is is for God, it mm. is not for us. Yet we so often go into it with the mindset of receptivity. We're going to come into a time of worship so that we can get something from God. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times that short circuits what what God really wants to do. It's like we trade uh, great for good. Um, because what, what I always talk about is uh, there's a level of receptivity, like, you know, and I've probably said this at one point or another on this, you know, on uh, one of these conversations here in Redux, but that uh, in order to survive, you've got to breathe in and breathe out. And I often say those who breathe in will live a little longer than those who only breathe out, (laughs) but just a little longer. (laughs) Um, because if you do nothing but breathe in, you'll suffocate and die. If you Mm -hmm. just breathe out, you'll suffocate and die. You've got to do both. And the same thing exists. We, we've got to give out. We, we're very, um, in general, our population, people, uh, in today's society are very consumer minded. They're they're Mm -hmm. What can I get? And, Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm not speaking to those who've been burned out in church. This isn't some ploy to get you to volunteer. It's so not what I'm talking about. What I'm saying is is that worship is an act of sacrifice to God. And it is about attention. It's about focus. I mean, if we think about worship in the Old Testament, it was done at altars, and it, it was two two things, right? You burn an offering on, at an altar made a sacrifice. Um, you gave to God, your first fruits, your best fruits. And you did it to establish a covenant, to seal a covenant, or to remind yourself of a covenant. It was a matter of in remembrance, right? A, a memorial. So in much the same way, our worship exists the same way. We we give God our first fruits, our first attention, our first efforts, our first everything. And so we set aside our garbage in our lives to worship him, to lift him up, to magnify him, to focus on him. And when we do that, that's the that's the breathing out, if you will. We can only do that because we've already breathed in and we're breathing out in that worship and he refills us and he breathes into us. And this is the part where we get something out of worship. But it, it starts with us making that move. Now, I'm talking about worship. Obviously, the first step that God ever gave was to give to man, right? He breathed into man, Um, But from that point forward, it's been a cyclical process. And so, you know, to your point, Casey, about we get so fixated on getting our need met Mm -hmm. um, that we sometimes don't realize that our need being met is um, the vehicle for that is actually blessing God. Right. It's Mm -hmm. it's giving to him. And, you know, in the context of what we just read, you know, I think about how does she miss him, but then, in, in, you know, I don't put Mary on the same category as the Pharisees or the Sadducees, but these are guys that missed him as Messiah. There are lots of people that miss Jesus as the Messiah. Um, And I think it comes that back to the spirit man. It's being willing to receive that reality. And so, you know, it's almost another layer of belief or where do the disciples land on belief? I mean, we're going to find out as these next two chapters unfold. There's there's some back and forth. There's, is it really you, God? <laughs> is it really you, Jesus, I should say? And, and so it does come down to where their belief lands. And so it makes you wonder. You know, you go through this, and before Christ was raised up, before he showed himself, you know, were the disciples wandering around going, man, were we wrong? <laughs> Did were we you know snowed by some con, or what's going on, you know, yeah,
2: yeah, as you were saying I was thinking about you know um the last couple of chapters, uh which I rarely watch, but <laughs> <laughs> I just happened't, but Nikki was talking about um you know they were asking for a king, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, you know, and Jesus comes as the Messiah, and they have what they've been asking for, but they still have no idea what they have and then you know when he dies, when he's on the cross, well, people are denying that he was even right, who they said that he was, you know, like Peter, you know, <laughs> but and then, after he's gone, all they're doing is missing their friend mm-hmm. or their leader mm-hmm. or their pastor. You know, or you the know, the revolution is the over. Revol- <laughs> yeah, like, well, we lost this time again. What happened? Mm-hmm. You know, so did they? Did they even really, truly see him as a messiah, or did they just see him as another John the Baptist or another? You know, and not they weren't following John the Baptist. Yeah. You know, so interesting.
0: Wayne, um, fixing the heretics <laughs> over here. Yeah, yeah. Oh, these guys are way off base. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, let, let's go back up into the chapter. Uh, she she arrives at the tomb and it's empty, and uh, says, "Go and tell Peter." Yeah. And uh, uh, apparently, in those days, uh, a woman's word uh, was not automatically accepted. Yeah. Uh, until a man said it, it wasn't important. It wasn't believable. Mm. And uh, so she arrives at the tomb first. Uh, probably I'm, I'm I'm conjecturing here, but probably out of this understanding that you know uh, she had seven demons cast out of her, uh, she became a, a very dedicated follower of Christ. She knew exactly what he had done for her was something that uh, she couldn't handle for herself. So um out of out of that she comes to mourn, apparently, mm-hmm. uh, finish her grieving in that process, um, but then she instructs that that Peter is to be told because a man needs to come and witness the resurrection and, and speak of it and and proclaim it so that everybody will believe that it's actually true. Yeah um, And yet Jesus was one who really upgraded women, uh throughout his his three years of ministry he he didn't downgrade and treat women like they normally did so mm-hmm. maybe that's maybe that's why she's allowed to be there first mm. uh as part of the uh you know the first witness uh she she always has that place in scripture
0: yeah do you know the second man who walked on the moon you know who it was
1: i have no clue
0: yeah i believe it was buzz aldrin Uh, the first man was, you know, the first man to walk on the moon, (laughs) Um, Neil Armstrong, which which you knew, you knew that you just reaching for it. My point is, is that I find it interesting in this whole passage to your point, you know, Mary's the first person to see Jesus. I didn't
1: help you with that much at all. Did I?
0: It's fine. Everybody (laughs) listening was like, how does he not know this? (laughs) But, and I could be wrong about buzz, but that is actually kind of my point. I think it was buzz. Um, Uh, Yeah, because Collins was up in the orbiter. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Point is, is that you have the the same, you have three people here. This is kind of the analogy. You have uh, Mary, you have John, and you have Peter. And I find it, you know, John, and throughout all these writings, the the annoying thing for me, what I want to do is just kind of flick John on the head and go, bro, can you just check your pride just a little bit? He's the one that Jesus loved. And in this story, he's got to throw in the little jab that he outran Peter to the tomb. Yeah, It's like, that's so, in my opinion, and I'm sure there are way better orators and pastors out there that would make a whole sermon series on why it's so important that John outran Peter, but I'm not that guy. And, and I'm looking at it going, you know what? John's basically saying they were both running, but, but the other disciple, not Peter, because he doesn't want to say I, got there first. Well, that's because he loved more. it's obvious well, that's just it. I mean it's that Jesus loved him the most, he loved Jesus the most. It really screams of a person who has an identity crisis.
1: People that get to church first on Sunday morning love more, and people that sit in the front row love well, him more it's I, I guess it's so. how it
0: works you know what i there's a There's a layer to that that pr- I wouldn't say they love them more, but man, sometimes the things are geographical, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But I just I just find that interesting because again it goes it, you know you've got this model of the you know using the walk on the moon assuming it happened I know that some of you out there don't believe that I don't know about this room but um, he was you, talking about the Bible huh <laughs> so what are we talking about walking oh, we around on, on the moon. round
1: moon or the flat moon yeah, exactly yeah um,
0: or New Mexico so so you have. So so Mary is is the one everybody remembers, right? And then John is there. Peter comes and inspects everything. I don't know. I, I just think in this whole process of this time frame that we're in, as Jesus is revealing himself for the first time, I don't know. I just feel like there's a whole lot of revelation as to where everybody landed. And this yeah. is almost a depiction of that because, if you know, he's going to later deal with uh, Peter on some other things. And you just kind of get that vibe and it's, I don't know. It's interesting to me. I don't know what to think of it necessarily other than just, um, you feel like anything written in scripture has a purpose, Yeah, you know? And so even the simple things like who got there first feels like there's a purpose.
2: Well, I think to that point is interesting is Mary, like he was like definitely her savior, right? Like not necessarily the Messiah, but he was definitely her savior. Mm hmm. You know uh, And casting the demons out of her And like you know with Peter and John He was just kind of their teacher Their rabbi Mm -hmm. You know Um, But Mm, with Mary For sure he was already a savior to her Mm -hmm. You know completely changed her life That's good her spiritual life at that
0: Yeah Well and she saw two white robed angels Right So Mm. we are Bring that up here says, uh, Mary was standing outside the tomb crying, and as she wept, she stopped and looked, or stooped and looked, and and she saw two white-robed angels, one sitting at the head and the other at the foot of the place where body of Jesus had been lying. And, again, this is, to me, my goodness, you see these two angels, aren't you ready for some supernatural? (laughs) (laughs) You know? And Jesus wasn't there, and she's like, you know, they ask her why she's crying. She's like, well, they've taken away my Lord. And... You know, I don't know where they put them. It's like, you're talking to angels, bro. Like, how are we right. missing this, you know? But well, it just, it makes you wonder, like, okay, if she's missing it, it, it to me, it's like we're missing something. There's some data right. here we're missing because I think any of us, anybody listening would agree if you came across a couple of angels and you, you, you'd immediately kind of be freaked out in the first place. Mm-hmm. And especially when you're dealing with Jesus, I think you'd be like, oh, so what's what's ne- what's next, fellas? Obviously, obviously, we're up to something, you know?
1: Yeah. That same passage you just had up there uh mm-hmm. talks about the uh his headpiece, his cup napkin, in some uh translations, was folded and right. uh the other grave clothes were, were laying there. Um what I find what I find interesting about that, it's to me it's the second best part of this chapter. When when Lazarus was raised from the dead, he came out bound. Yeah. And so Jesus Looks to the people around him and say, him and let him go." When Jesus is raised from the dead, he is loosed mm. already, because there was nothing ever to hold him.
2: Mm.
1: And uh, 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 speaks speaks of, of of the spotless Lamb that had nothing to be loosed from, even though he carried everything for us, mm-hmm. and and was the second Adam, the last Adam, second Adam uh, carried everything for us. And yet there was nothing to hold him. Mm. And that's a, that's a powerful truth right there.
0: Yeah, it is. Well, really this whole moment, this is the completion of the gospel. Well, the ascension is the completion, but this is such a vital part of the gospel message. If Jesus would have lived his whole life, sinless, flawless, perfect, and still died for our sins. And that was it never was Mm. resurrected um, it, would have ch- it would change our expectation, our hope. It would change everything about yeah. the message. The resurrection is incredibly vital because it speaks to our resurrection. It speaks to our hope uh, because he was the model. He's, he's what is to come as we can look forward in our own lives. And so mm-hmm. um, super powerful moment.
1: So when, when Paul later speaks in Corinthians about we are, when we are in Christ, we're a new creature, when we are in Christ, we are loosed and let go.
0: Yeah, it's good.
1: So there is no struggle to be loosed and let go. In him, we already are.
0: Yeah, that's so. really good. Casey, any last words? <laughs> <laughs> it's a
2: little heavy. The uh, <laughs> you're, you're talking about the, the way we believe, you know, if Jesus didn't write, uh, come back from the dead. Isn't that how a lot of people believe? I mean, they think he was great. They think he was perfect. They think he did a lot of wonderful things. But in the end, right? I mean, that's it. We don't go past that. Mm -hmm. We don't believe that he's within us, that we can be like him. We can move like him. We can listen Mm -hmm. to the spirit of God and lay our hands and, and heal. And we don't believe past, well, he died and he rose again, but what happens because of that we don't mm-hmm. we don't take a lot of people don't take hold of that
0: well sure the, you're we're, we're reading the account of people who were struggling with that belief system of course people mm-hmm. who are reading about it would struggle with that mm-hmm. i mean really yeah. and and there's some interesting stats i've been hearing lately and you know about stats i mean 99% of them <laughs> are made up <laughs> right as yes. they say but you know i think that's the thing there i think you know some of you who may be listening right now probably in your quiet, dark place have questioned, well, I mean, I hope all this is right. <laughs> <laughs> I've been going to church or I've been living this life. I'm just not sure. And, and you try to find these moments. It's, it's like what I've, I've told people many times. I, I have the opportunity to speak to people who are agnostic and or atheist or uh, basically to varying degrees of, of virtually no belief in any kind of higher power. And you know, I think this is what's so important about a personal testimony, what's important about a relationship, uh, beyond the direct value of it. But but the the thing is, I, I often ask this question, if you didn't have a Bible, how would you introduce people to Jesus? You know, because we live in a world where everything's very Bible-centric, and, mm. and I think that the problem with that is, is if we lack a relationship. So what I'm talking, I mean, if you're talking to an atheist, they don't really care about what a Bible passage says, right? <laughs> right? Mm. But I have an experience, and... The one thing with an atheist is, that is real is scientifical, scientific provable things and experiential things, mm-hmm. and yeah. and so whether they like it or not, whether you know they may not agree with my explanation, but I have an experience with God. Yes. I've met Him and right. I know Him, and and that's the thing. The diving in, as we've done with Redux, diving into these scriptures is about deeper revelation. It's about dwelling on who I already know, and yeah. I, and I brought this up not long ago about. You know, reading letters uh, from my wife. I've been with Lori for thirty years at this point. Uh, I've been married for twenty six, but she wrote letters when I was a kid, right? And and I didn't think much of it. I have those letters still, by the way, because I'm a romantic. Um, It's funny too. It's all about what she's doing in fourth period and not listening. And math, things mm-hmm. like that. Um, very interesting. <laughs> but, but no, but I, I realized when she was writing Facebook posts a few years ago, I didn't know she was writing them, right? And I was reading these posts, and I thought they were fantastic. And then I asked her where she was getting them, and uh, she said, well, I write them. Like, I was surprised by that because when we talk, she doesn't talk the way she writes.
1: Oh, and I think, yeah,
0: yeah. I, I think in many ways I, I was able to find some things out about my wife that I never knew only because she wrote And I think the same thing lives in Scripture. I have that Mm -hmm. relationship with God. I I have these revelations. He speaks to me. Mm -hmm. But when I read things and I see his character and I align those with who I know, right? So if if I just read Lori's writings and didn't know her, they would not have near the depth. Um, They wouldn't have really any depth. They'd be pretty surfacey because there's no explanation. There's no question. I can't figure anything out. I can't ask on something. But because I know her... And she writes something, I can put some pieces together, and that to me is really where the value of Scripture comes in, is that I know God, and we talk. And when something I read in Scripture I don't quite understand, I go to Him. I say, "Hey, I don't understand this." In fact, there's some stuff coming up that I that I don't understand, and I'll freely admit. <laughs> um, but but I think that's the whole thing, and, and and the power of of Scripture in general, and this whole process. And so praise God for the resurrection, Amen. Yeah. And for our relationship with him. Um, All right. First part of John chapter 20 is uh, in the books. Thank you guys for joining us. And uh, if you feel led to support what we're doing here at Redux, you can go online at redux.church and uh, support us in prayer, support us by sharing this content. You can also support us financially if you are so led to. Um, if you want to get in contact with us, please do so. we got some really cool stuff coming up. We'll be talking about in the next few chapters um, of John. I'll be announcing in, in those next few chapters. Uh, but, yeah, we look forward to seeing you. And I want to thank Casey and Wayne. We'll see you guys in the next chapter or next part of this chapter. And we will see you guys. Take care. Bye-bye.